truth about Texas gun laws. Gun laws in Texas aren't all they cracked up to be. Now don't get me wrong, they are nowhere near as abhorrent as the laws in states like California, Massachusetts, New York, or Illinois, where the bath salt socialist zombies have taken hold of state politics. But there is a belief, especially outside of Texas, that Texas has a very unrestrictive, almost lawless gun law approach. And I'm sorry, but that just isn't true. Believe me, I wish it was true. But here's what I'm talking about. Open carry. Open carry laws can be best grouped into following categories. Gold star, open carry friendly, licensed, open carry, non-permissive, rural open carry, and indeterminate. Texas is an open carry state. Is non-permissive. That is, it is not legal in any form, whether you have a concealed handgun license, CHL, or not. To open carry a sidearm in Texas, outside of your personal property, anywhere in the state. So get that out of your head as a state of cowboys walking around with six shooters or people constantly waving guns around each other and shooting them out in the public and everything. This idea of Texas as a, as a Wild West free zone is absolutely bullshit. It's a mythology. It's a legend. You will never see a gun in public legally outside of a police officer's possession in Texas. 100%. Unless you're on someone's land and they like to play like they're Clint Eastwood or whatever, walk around with a, a holster or something, but they could easily be walking around with a AK-47 or an Uzi because it's their land. They can do whatever they want on that land. But in public, if you're on a road, a street, restaurant, a bar... Uh, anywhere in public, you're, it is illegal to openly carry any firearm. Not travel with. Now, that, of course, there's a difference between travel as well as our unique version of keeping a car as a domicile. A car is considered a domicile, so you can have a weapon in your car, any kind of weapon, because it's part of your house. Yeah. But anyway, uh, getting into it, yeah. The concealed carry laws can be broken down to constitutional carry, shall issue, may issue, and right denied. And Texas on concealed carry, you know, um, is a shall issue state, which is better than some, but nowhere near what it should be. Also very surprising to people. It's not difficult to, uh, you know, get a, um, get a, a firearm, but it's actually a little bit more difficult to get a concealed carry permit. Now, I disagree with the permit process in the first place. Not only is it wrong, but it's also pointless. If you're going to have a permit process, it should be as easy as possible to apply, for anyone to apply. In Texas, the permit process is anything but easy. Getting a license is a real pain in the ass. Despite, in addition, filling out application, as you would expect, you must also take a 10-hour Concealed Handgun License course from a certified instructor. The course is broken down into two parts. The first part in the classroom and ends in a written exam. The second part on a range where you must demonstrate proficiency with your handgun. Then forms must be filled out, fingerprints and photos taken, checks written, and then everything is bundled up and mailed in. All of which must be done as a very specific way, of course, because of the federal government, etc. 
Want to hear the best part? You get to have all of this fun every five years. Contrast this with Indiana's concealed carry permit process. You fill out some forms, provide your fingerprints, pay the fees, and as long as you meet the requirements, receive a lifetime permit to carry your weapon. In the context of the permit process, well done, Indiana. <coughs> Texas, you need to do better. Texas on printing, quote-unquote printing, for those of you new to concealed carry, is where the handgun is visible underneath your clothing, and it's used to conceal it. In Texas, printing is not legal. If you can see your gun, it is illegal. According to Texas State Governance Code, the definition of a concealed handgun is a handgun, the presence of which is not openly discernible to the ordinary observation of a reasonable person. Who gets to decide what is discernible and what is reasonable? Exactly. Printing is not legal. But it is at the discretion of law enforcement are the people in question to call. On the Gun Rights Index, which is a way to measure the gun laws of a given state or country, the Free Existence Gun Rights Index is what it's called. This index is, of course, not perfect, but does provide a framework and scoring system to comparatively analyze the gun rights between states. Texas scores 6.8 out of 10, coming in 30th place in the United States. Again, it could be worse, but supports my overall argument that Texas gun laws are much more restrictive than people think. Wrapping up, so you, can, so you can't openly carry your pistol. The CHL process is a hassle. The CHL process must be repeated every five years. And simply walking with your gun tucked into your uh, waistband underneath the shirt is illegal if the manager at HEB gets spooked that you're standing in line, you know, with, <laughs> with, with obvious heat packed, you know. So that sums up my frustration. It sums up the frustration of living in Texas. And in comparison to states with like other gun laws, like Alaska, Arizona, Vermont, and Wyoming, where you can openly carry like a man, Texas absolutely is cucked by the gun control sensitive crowds, as well as its own law enforcement agencies, who are more than happy to enforce those laws and regulations. Remember, it's all about the police state. The more power the police can get over you, the more they can charge you with, the more they can use to uh, investigate you, to charge you with bigger tickets, etc. The more they can extort from you, because this is what it, law enforcement truly is in America, is extortion, because fines all have a dollar value attached to them. You have to ask yourself that. Why does every punishment, unless it physically requires jail time or violence, like an execution or something always can be broken down to dollars and cents that the government can say, oh, you're illegally polluting? It's going to be X amount of money you owe us. Oh, are you uh, being cruel to animals? It's X amount of money you owe us. Oh, is that a legal gun? That's X amount of money you owe us. Oh, is oh, those drugs? Those are X amounts of dollars per ticket, you know, violating, like, traffic laws, etc. It all comes down to money because they use those laws to penalize you as well as enrich themselves. And so it only profits them as a private business entity, you know, one uh, not a semi-private, because you can't 
tell them what to do unless you're a member of their fraternities, these law enforcement fraternities. You can't tell them what to do, but they get state taxpayer funding and money, and you have to vote them in in terms of the sheriff's department and their masters and their political leaders and shit like that. Right. So they require you to support them. You literally pay their uh, pay their paychecks, you know, because they're civil servants. They work for communities, but they're a private fraternal organization that's run as a private for profit, you know, uh, for personal financial interests of those involved in the bureaucracies, the managements, the budgets. The exactly why do they have accountants in the police force? Why do police forces care about budgets? And why do they get paychecks? Why are they doing it voluntarily? It's because this is a for-profit professional career of providing first-world type law enforcement. It's a total graft. It's a very complex system. But Texas is thirtieth. It's not the most authoritarian and restrictive police state in the United States of America, but it's halfway right in the middle of that pack and fully mired in the same political bullshit. And you will try to see some of the hypocrisy. You'll see some of the hypocrisy as we get into it. And that's what this is. This is kind of a critical take on all of it. And it's kind of a satire fairly going into it. But at the same time, real examination on just how bizarre and absurd the mythology and worship of firearms, the worship of the gun, the myth of the gun is in Texas compared to how oddly authoritarian, restrictive, and vulnerable it is to things like gun violence and uh, police, you know, reprisals against weapon ownership, etc. We're going to do it. going to get into it right now. What weapons are illegal in Texas? In Texas, some types of weapons are illegal, including machine guns, silencers, short-barreled rifles, and shotguns. These weapons fall in the provisions of Texas Penal Code Section 46.05, which covers unlawful possessions of firearms, illegal knives, and club weapons. Additionally, the state has enacted legislation to prohibit the possession, sale, and transfer of assault weapons, which includes semi-automatic weapons that can hold more than 10 rounds in the magazine and have a threaded barrel for silencers. And by that, you can only purchase them at registered dealerships for an extra $30 and the taxation of and stuff like that. So you can still, still acquire them. That's kind of over over estimating it. But I would also like to point out the covering of unlawful possessions of illegal knives and club weapons. For not only is it illegal to carry a concealed handgun, it's also illegal to carry a baseball bat in Texas in your vehicle without a baseball glove or any kind of... because it's considered a weapon. It's a melee weapon that's typically only used against people who are not a baseball player. Uh, it's illegal to carry butterfly knives or switchblade knives in Texas because those are knives specifically meant to attack other people and be concealed in public, etc. You know, we, we know this. This is why the logic is, but this is the prohibitive weapons. Like, there is so much that's prohibited in Texas. It is such a society ran by uh, laws. Texas has prohibited the possession of armor-piercing bullets as well, shot-off shotguns and rifles, as well as fully automatic machine guns without without um, a tax license. Possession of any of these weapons is punishable by a fine and imprisonment, or a fine. In addition, it is crime for a person or possess or carry a handgun or other firearm if he or she has been convicted of a felony and has not been pardoned. 
Furthermore, Texas has enacted legislation that makes it illegal to possess firearms while in certain establishments, including bars and schools. Short barrel firearms less than 16 inches in length, machine guns, chemical dispensing devices, bombs, grenade launches, and any other weapons designed as weapons are prohibited at the federal level and thus included in the Texas Penal Code article. Texas also prohibits the importation, transfer, or possession of armor-piercing ammunition and the manufactured transport, repair, and sale of switchblade knives, except for certain persons, such as peace officers, members of the armed forces, or correctional officers. Other types of illegal knives include daggers, bowie knives, swords, spears, and shovels that are sharpened to an edge to be carried in public. They are also among prohibited weapons in Texas, including nunchucks, certain clubs like baseball bats, explosive weaponry, zip guns, otherwise known as homemade improvised firearms, homemade silencers, With extending laws, with laws extending, sorry, into the intentional and reckless discharge of firearms in public places covering most of the state, definitely the major urban areas. For example, it's very, very illegal to uh, illegally discharge a firearm, say, in downtown Houston. And believe it or not, even in a city that's the fourth largest city in America, such an event is extremely rare. And finally, those convicted of certain felonies are not allowed to possess firearms or any other type of prohibited weapon. Weapons ordinances typically vary between jurisdictions and locations, but generally certain weapons that are considered to be potentially dangerous are not allowed in most public spaces. The most common weapons, such as firearms, handguns, rifles, shotguns, and machine guns, are strictly prohibited from most public places, grocery stores, libraries, schools, etc., Switchblades, daggers, brass knuckles, clubs, maces, stun guns, throwing stars, bows and arrows, crossbows, and any other projectile weapons, typically being means for um, being kicked out of most private establishments as well, including concert halls, venues, sporting events, etc. Additionally, any type of explosive device, including grenades and bombs, is not allowed in public spaces either. Depending on the specific laws in a particular jurisdiction, other weapons such as pepper spray, knives, and blades no longer than a certain length and slingshots may be considered illegal. Even slingshots, for example, are strictly prohibited in state parks because people typically try to hunt birds and small animals with slingshots in a primitive type way. But it's worth noting that there are signs strictly prohibiting things like bows and arrows, um, slingshots, air guns, etc. from things like bird preserves, parks, uh, thoroughfares, walkways, etc. The 3050 law in Texas, a.k.a. the open carry law, grants all licensed Texans the right to openly carry a handgun in certain places. This law was passed in 2015 and took effect in January 2016. It applies to licensed gun carriers, both open and concealed, who are 18 years or older. The law stipulates that these individuals can openly carry a handgun that is in a belt or shoulder holster at any other location specified by the law. 
However, there are certain restrictions in places where open carry is prohibited, such as schools, churches, and establishments that serve alcohol. Also, private property owners or employers can also prohibit individuals that openly carry firearms on their premises, with the majority of them self-reporting that they are prohibiting on their private premises, such as companies HEB, all public schools, all public um, sporting events, etc., etc. The law also stipulates that licensed gun carriers must have their license to carry LTC with them at all times in order to be able to openly carry a handgun if challenged. Furthermore, the person must be able to show the LTC upon request by any police officer. Failure to do so will result in arrest under the new law, regardless if they do possess legal paperwork. Overall, the 35 law in Texas opens the doors for licensed Texans to openly carry a handgun in designated places as authorized under state law. It is important for licensed gun owners to be aware of the legal restrictions and prohibitions of any given area governing the open carry of firearms before doing so. Can you have a weapon in your car in Texas? Instead of Texas, it is not illegal to possess a weapon in your car under certain conditions. However, it is strongly recommended that you familiarize yourself with the Texas Penal Code before attempting to do so. According to the Texas Penal Code, guns should be carried with the handles or grips exposed or hidden from view inside a locked glove compartment, a locked console box, or the trunk of a car. Additionally, long guns should be generally be unloaded and either in a gun case or an uncovered rack or holder. Open carry of handguns is only permitted with a valid Texas license to carry. It is important to note that guns cannot be presented in certain areas, such as in school zones or a location where alcohol is served, such as bars. It is also illegal to possess a gun while under the influence of drugs or alcohol of any kinds or while involved in criminal activity of any kind. Furthermore, individuals who have been convicted of a felony or certain domestic violence, misdemeanors, or those under the age of 18 may not possess a weapon of any kind. It is therefore essential to be aware of all the laws and regulations regarding the possession of weapons in Texas before doing so. It is often illegal to carry a concealed weapon, including a handgun, in the following places in the state of Texas. The physical premises of a school or educational institution. Any commercial or private property where a business has posted signage prohibiting weapons, such as HEB grocery department stores, any kind of poll or voting place of politics, including courthouses and courtrooms, racetracks, any secured or restricted areas such as airports or um, bus stations are locations prohibited by federal law. It is also illegal to carry firearms while intoxicated or while under the influence of any controlled substance or drug. It is also illegal to carry a weapon while engaging in criminal activity or while in possession or selling of illegal items. Now, you can carry a taser in Texas, but there are certain restrictions that you need to comply with. According to Texas Penal Code, it is illegal for a person to carry a taser unless they have a license to carry a concealed handgun issued by the Texas Department of Public Safety or have a valid permit from another state lawfully recognized in Texas that allows that person to carry that taser. It is also illegal to carry a taser in the following places, on the premises of a school or educational institute, on the premises of a polling place or the day of election, or while going to or returning from a polling place, on the premise of any government court or office utilized by a court, or on the premises of a racetrack. 
In addition, any person legally carrying a taser must carry the permit identification card issued by the Texas Department of Public Safety with them at times while carrying the taser. It is illegal to also carry brass knuckles, considered a Class A misdemeanor in the state, which can incur a fine of up to $4,000 USD or up to one year in jail imprisonment. As of September 1, 2021, Texas Senate Bill 498 amends the Texas Penal Code to make it illegal to possess, manufacture, transport, repair, or sell a knuckles weapon. Such weapons are defined as included in any instrument consisting of finger rings or guards made of hard substances designed in the shape of knuckles and worn for use as a striking weapon. In effect, this means that brass knuckles and similar weapons are illegal to carry in Texas. Now, Texas does have a self-defense law generally allowing individuals to defend themselves in certain situations by use of force up to and including deadly force. Specifically, Texans' law grants the right of self-defense against an unlawful attack on an individual's life, health, or property if the individual reasonably believes they are imminent danger of harm. Texas law also provides for the use of deadly force to prevent or stop a home or vehicle intrusion. Under Texas law, a person is not required to retreat, meaning they have the right to stand their ground if they are in a place where they have a legal right to be, and if the individual reasonably believes that deadly force is immediately necessary to protect themselves from the use of unlawful force against them, regardless of the severity or fatality of that force. Texas self-defense law further includes castle doctrine statutes, which provide for immunity from prosecution under certain circumstances when a person uses deadly force to protect their home or property from intrusion. The castle doctrine is based on the notion that an individual's home is their castle, and they have a right to defend it accordingly, even with deadly force. Additionally, Texas law allows for the use of deadly force to prevent a kidnapping, and in certain cases to prevent sexual assault. In these cases, the individual must reasonably believe that deadly force is the only way to prevent the above type of offenses. Finally, Texas self-defense laws take a zero-tolerance stand against any threat of harm with a deadly weapon. A person can use deadly force against an individual wielding a deadly weapon if they reasonably believe their life, health, or property are in danger. Such as an example, a man holding a knife threatens another man. That man may produce a firearm and defend themselves with deadly force because that person has a deadly weapon and is intentionally threatening their life and putting them at danger. You may also use a knife or bladed weapon in self-defense. It's very nuanced, but the belief is that the force is immediately necessary if you don't have any other options available And as always, remember, it's important to remember the legal principles of self-defense in Texas according to Section 931 of the Texas Penal Code. The use of force is justified if the person honestly and reasonably believes the force is immediately necessary to protect themselves from another person's use of attempts, use of unlawful force upon them. This means as long as you honestly believe that you had no other choice, then yes, you may defend yourself with deadly force.
Now I'd like to describe a little bit of the illegalized weaponry here. The outlawed weaponry here. Armor-piercing ammunition. Armor-piercing ammunition is a big no-no, no-go, and no-way Jose in all states and the USA. If it can go through a bulletproof vest or a car, you cannot have it. Meaning most military-grade ammunition is off the limit, is off, um, is off the list. I mean, this one makes perfect sense considering this type of armory can seriously injure or kill someone in law enforcement. These types of bullets are used only when someone is looking to cause mass chaos or to build up illegal militia-like extremists. So there's chemical dispensing devices. Our next weapon is listed as chemical dispensing devices. No, we're not talking about mace or pepper spray. But chemical weapons like chlorine bombs and our narcoleptic effect producing gas guns. Yes, they do exist. These devices, usually when they're set off, commit or emit dangerous chemicals that can cause burns and the death of people. These chemicals are typically handled with great care on the industrial level and require expertise in preventing when discovered by law enforcement. Justifying the huge and steep uh, punishments the state mandates for the creation or or implementation of any chemical dispensing devices as weapons. Improvised firearms, such as zip guns, ghost guns, etc. Their weapons have been altered in any way, and they fall all under this category, regardless of pistol or long rifle, assault rifle or shotgun. So changing something inside of the weapon, either making a semi-automatic automatic or creating an entire ghost gun AR receiver combination from how it was designed down to shaving a serial number off of a pre-existing gun, fall under the improvised firearms category and are universally illegal in Texas. Improvised explosives, unlike the chemical devices, or eBay devices, work with straight kinetic explosive energy. These are pipe bombs, these are IEDs, these are grenades, these are homemade truck bombs, etc., etc. Any combination of chemicals or any blueprints, say a handmade bomb-making guide, in connection with the purchase or acquisition of materials can be seen by both the federal authorities and state investigative authorities as the creation of illegal explosive or improvised explosive devices which are extremely fucking illegal in Texas. And may surprise people, after we've already detailed the blades and clubs, that one of the illegal items to own that's considered a weapon is a tire deflation device, typically available to uh, professional mechanics as well as other car, you know, enthusiasts. But a tire deflation device, if kept on one's private person, is considered an illegal weapon. Now, there's nothing you can do about someone slashing your tire with a knife. But this specific device 
or any invent or any form of it is in its own unique class as tire deflation device. And if you are caught with one, you are in big trouble. As it's a A-class misdemeanor, which will require probation time and probably a healthy fine. This is ironic, by the way, and one of the reasons why I wanted you to point out the hypocrisy of all of this. Because you can own a tank in Texas. That's right. Simply typing in a search engine inquiry of, can I buy a tank in Texas? Produces so many positive results. As well as private companies that will allow you to drive a tank that they own. On land in Texas. For example... Located in Avulde, Texas. We all know Avulde, Texas. Don't we, guys? From that fake-ass shooting they have. There's a company called Drive Tanks that owns an 18,000-acre ranch just west of San Antonio. How much does it cost to ride a tank, to drive it, to rent it? Well, $400 going up to 3495 for the mobile home trailer trashing experience, which will allow you to drive a tank through a mobile home trailer. The fees do not include any transportation costs to end there. Naturally, customers receive full safety briefings and instructional tutorials, but as well as details and historical backgrounds of the tank they are renting. Now, do you want to legally own a tank? Yes, you can. You can also do so. They will cost you several hundred thousand dollars, and you have to federally demilitarize it quote unquote by disabling the main gun but otherwise once it's yours who the hell knows what the fuck you're gonna do with it but if you can own a tractor and you can drive a tractor you can own a tank and you can drive a tank This article, written in 2022, lays it all on the line. A military surplus tank, as far as I can tell, there's no law against shelling out the cash to buy a tank, but there are quite a few websites that specialize in the sale of old armored vehicles to civilians, up into including tanks they'll contract for you, or they'll acquire for you. That's right, there's absolutely... Civilian tank dealerships operating online. Are tanks, are tanks street legal in Texas? Tanks generally aren't street legal, so owners usually drive them off-road on their private property. Some would say local authorities sometimes make exceptions for parades, or if given you know, prior notice, a quick test drive or a trip to the gas station. Even a trip to the local Whataburger isn't unheard of in a tank as these photos prove, and it gives photos online. Well, yeah, you just call up the local t- small-town sheriff, like, hey, we're going to drive a tank through, do you want to see? He's like, yeah, that's rad, I'll be at the Waterburger waiting. You know, like, yeah, that, that's cool. Do you need a license to buy a tank? Civilians cannot own a tank with operational guns or explosives unless they have a federal destructive device permit or license. 
However, permits are rarely issued for the private use of active tanks. The National Firearms Act NFA regulates the sale of destructive devices in several other categories of guns. Where in Texas can you drive a tank? Tanks? If you ever wanted to drive a tank, just drive in and out of the Texas Hill Country. The company Drive Tanks, largest in the state, located in Nivaldi, Texas, owns an 18,000-acre ranch just west of San Antonio. And according to ABC News, this explosive idea came from Todd DiGidio, a former Houston police officer and former Green Beret. Can civilians drive tanks? DriveTanks.com is the first and only company in history to allow civilians to drive and shoot authentic World War II tanks. Cannons. Drive Tanks has multiple hangars filled with tanks, artillery, anti-tank guns, mortars, flamethrowers, and machine guns available to the public to rent. For example, you can buy a World War II-era M4 Sherman tank, the most produced tank in American history, which was active during World War II. The Sherman spearheaded many offensives by the Western Allies after 1942 and its inception. The M4 Sherman tank would only cost you 44000 sorry, that was $44,000 in 1945. But upon inflation, it is $607,000 now in 2017. That is when this article was written. So even more now, probably Although there have been, I'm reading this article, there have been tanks selling for a quarter million dollars only. When actually chalk that up to tractors and everything, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, budget friendly. Many people ask the drive tank company, can they buy tank ammo and fire the cannon? Cannon ammo is included. It's like Uber, but for military-grade machine guns, tanks, and grenade launchers. And can anybody just up and buy something with the insane firepower of a tank grenade launcher? And according to Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, yes, totally legal, as long as you have the permit. You can even rent a tank for up to $4,000 a day. The five places you can drive a tank in the USA are Ox Hunting Ranch, Ox Hunting Ranch uh, in Uvalde, Texas, about two hours from San Antonio. Drive a tank out of San Antonio. Battlefield Vegas, which is in Las Vegas. Irish Military War Museum, it's in Ireland. And Tank Town, USA, which is in Michigan. So just to cover that spread, it's illegal to own a switchblade knife, it's illegal to own brass knuckles, but it is legal to own a fucking battle tank. Although it might be a bitch to get the permits for all the for all the cannons and everything, it is also possible to get it completely militarized again for your private business or interest or whatever. Um, you may not be able to drive it down the streets of Dallas, but you can definitely have a battle tank 
at your home. Fueled up, ready to go. For when the shit hits the fan. You may not be able to own, um... Or carry a firearm. For whatever reason. In Texas. Is a myth of the gun. It is just that, a myth. But it's completely legal to own a flamethrower. This isn't unique. Because in the United States, flamethrowers are broadly legal for personal ownership. California being one of the only states that require a permit for the possession of the flamethrower. And only Maryland having outright banned their ownership and use. There are currently no federal laws on the books, meaning that there is no state law required to ban them. And they are not defined as weapons under the National Firearms Act. So the ATF, the federal legal body, has no supervision over them. Their manufacture or their sale. The United States is a signatory on the Convention of Certain Conventional Weapons, Protocol 3 of which limits military use of flamethrowers, but does not extend to civilian use. Although, according to 2022, there are only three major companies selling these, although many private blueprints exist online. Proponents of the flamethrower point to many legitimate uses, such as controlled burns, waste management, decoration, novelty, and entertainment, and point out the nearly non-existent record of flamethrower acts of violence or casualties in the United States. So you can't buy no sawed-off shotguns, but load up on as many flamethrowers with napalm as you can possibly can when you're in Texas. Hell, when you're in the USA. So let's let's just look bigger, right? Let's look a little bit bigger. From the personal anti-infantry weapon, let's move up, say... Can you own an anti-aircraft gun in Texas? Right? That's that's a fair question. Can I own an anti-aircraft gun system? Maybe an anti-aircraft missile. Like a stinger. Something that might take out those pesky feds and those black helicopters. Well, surprise, astonishingly, such a large deadly weapon... Is completely legal to own in Texas. That's right, legal to own in Texas. It's owing to a law passed in 1986 that permitted ownership of any fully automatic weapons system built prior to that year to be grandfathered in. Now, this doesn't cover surface-to-air missiles. Those are illegal, logically, to own. Anywhere in the United States, based on the fact that their explosive devices, as previously mentioned, cannot own explosives, not even improvised homemade missiles, as well as various red tape involving potentially killing people in airplanes and shit like that. <laughs> so, um, obviously it's frowned upon to sell or to possess air, uh, surface-to-air missiles of any kind. 
as a civilian outside of the United States military. This includes the Stinger, the FIM-92 Stinger, is a personal portable infrared homing surface-to-air missile developed by the United States entering into service in 1981, used by militaries of the United States and 29 other countries. The basic Stinger missile has to date been responsible for 270 confirmed aircraft kills. Now, these anti-aircraft missiles are outright illegal, except for government entities or defense contractors that are developing missiles for government entities are doing research outside of universities and engineering programs. But you could fill out the right paperwork, the right amount of cash, and a willing seller to buy a demilled Stinger for decoration or collector's items, as well as a demilled Stinger shell. Now, an anti-aircraft gun, though, is completely legal, with smaller variants available between $4,000 to $5,000, with rounds quoted at $1 each. The anti-tank weapons cost $5,000, such as the uh, Barrett 50 Cal anti-tank rifle, etc., while a rocket-propelled grenade launcher, RPG, can be quoted on the open market at $200 if demilled, plus $150 per rocket-powered grenade demilled. Anti-aircraft guns, such as the AAA, AAA anti-aircraft artillery platforms, could pose crippling threats to aircraft that fly low and slow still, such as landing passenger planes, medical choppers, etc. But today, AAA can be linked to a web of integrated air defense systems that are often used to protect surface-to-air missile sites and other high-value ground targets from potential aerial threats. What is a AAA gun? The Type 61 25mm AAA gun is an anti-aircraft gun produced and used by China currently. It is manually operated by a single crew with an optical sight. This platform was created in 1961 and being sold on the international market in 1966, meaning it is legal to own by the 1986 law. There are land-based and naval variants produced. The 5-inch 25 caliber gun is an anti-aircraft gun system developed by the United States. They're all legally available to own. Now, remember, technically, it's not legal to buy them for the purposes of being active anti-air systems, but technically, a private citizen can theoretically own an anti-aircraft gun, acquire the ammunition for it, and with the right set of skills and tools, create a fully functional anti-aircraft artillery system say, for a militia in Texas, private property, private corporate interests, 
drug cartel interest, etc. As long as the money's there, it is possible. Without, if discovered, immediately calling down Texas law enforcement authorities and the federal government because it is legal to have acquired those parts separately. Theoretically, just like how cannibalism isn't technically illegal, it can be done. But the practical reality would still pose some problems. These citizens that own anti-aircraft guns or pursue that might want to hire a good lawyer in case of police harassment or overzealous prosecution. But yes, technically a private citizen can't theoretically own an anti-aircraft gun by current statutes. Mini guns are also legal in the United States. These Vulcan-type machine guns are known as C-Rams and are the current technology of anti-aircraft artillery. As a concept, the platform was manufactured and registered before May 19, 1986. A law was passed that any fully automatic weapon constructed before then was legal to own. So miniguns are pretty rare, however they are becoming increasingly prevalent, although they cost around $400,000 in the United States money as an investment. At that case, you're going to spend that kind of money. You may want to look into a fighter jet. Because yes, while you can't own a fully automatic machine gun in Texas, you could buy a fighter jet. If you think it would be pretty cool to own a fighter jet, you're not alone. A civilian can even buy one. Yes, civilians can buy fighter jets as long as the plane has been demilitarized. That's that word again. Governments demilitarize fighter jets after retiring them for service by removing all of their weapons and sometimes their radar technology. The demilitarized planes are then sold to private companies or individuals on the open market, which are used for a variety of purposes ranging from decor to training pilots. It is also possible to purchase a demilitarized fighter jet for personal flights. Buying a demilitarized fighter jet costs anywhere between $50,000 and $30 million, depending on the plane's model and condition. Naturally, older fighter jets cost much less than newer ones, with World War II-era fighters being $40,000 to $100,000. Although modern jets like the Gripen or the Saab, or the Saab model Gripen, can cost anywhere between $30 million to $60 million. What does demilitarized mean? A demilitarized plane has all its weapons, including missiles, machine guns, bombs, etc., removed. Some nations, like the USA, also remove additional components like radar technology from some fighter jets. But the U.S. demilitarization may even render a plane incapable of flight. Other countries, like the U.K., only remove the weapons. The demilitarized planes are then sold to private companies or private individuals who may then use the planes for training, decoration, or other purposes. Theoretically, the components can also be purchased with the, with the plane then militarized again for active service reasons. 
such as in a private military company or other outlaw stateless operations. Thinking how the CIA could, say, for example, acquire a fighter plane, they would do it this way instead of going through the red tape. Or how a drug lord may acquire an attack helicopter. You buy the helicopter, it's demilled, you buy the private parts, you put them together, you get a pilot. Might cost you a little bit more, but you got one at the end of the day. The cheapest demilitarized fighter jet a civilian can buy is the Fuga Magistar, which costs around $80,000. It is a lightweight vintage jet that was mostly used for both basic and intermediate flight training. A civilian pilot can fly a fighter jet legally as long as a plane is within the weight limits for their license and they have a type rating for it, such as instrument training, night flight, or U.S. third class medical certificate or equivalent. So shit. It seems like our gun laws in Texas are stricter than every other law regarding any other major serious weapon system. We're not even going to get into weaponized shipping yet, which we know probably is frowned upon, but there is probably no law in Texas saying you couldn't put a fucking torpedo or machine gun on a boat. How about howitzers? Can you own a howitzer in Texas? Technically, their argument can be made that the Second Amendment protects howitzer ownership as well in the United States and should extend to civilians. Which, yes, you could buy them if they are demilled, of course, demilitarized from military surplus providers, real army howitzers, 150 millimeter, 100 millimeter for decoration, etc. And the milling process, the militarization process, at that point becomes illegal, but it's possible. It's possible. Here's an article kind of talking about it in a satirical way. It's very quick. From South Bend Tribune. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a howitzer is a good guy with a howitzer. Should law-abiding citizens have the right to own a howitzer? These are questions to be considered as the nation reacts to the school shooting in Evolde, Texas and looks at Second Amendment gun rights across the country. That amendment on the right to bear arms refers to a well-regulated militia. A militia is a military organization, so should it cover all military weapons, not just military-style assault rifles? Could the right to have howitzers be infringed? We sent howitzers to the Ukraine. Why there when there is so much more need at home? When all the shootings in this country with firearms now the leading cause of death for children and adolescents should be more done to provide stronger firepower for law-abiding citizens to combat violence. This calls to harden the defense of schools against evildoers. What would harden the defense more than howitzers on the roof of every school? They could hit targets at 10 miles away. With so many politicians calling for more guns in the community as the answer to a gun violence epidemic, would more howitzers in the community be the strongest deterrent? 
Did Texas cops wait so long in that hallway as kids were dying for 45 minutes because they knew they were outgunned by the killer with an assault-style weapon? If so, the solution to ban those assault weapons of war is made moot if we gave the police more powerful weapons, such as long-range artillery, specifically howitzer cannons. Some states like Indiana have done away with the need for a permit to carry a gun. If there is a constitutional carry provided by the Second Amendment, is there also a constitutional tow, a right for law-abiding citizens to tow a howitzer? Would they need a permit? Probably not in Indiana, given the state's legislature stands against permits. Since Texas law has worked so well for so long in allowing 18-year-old boys to buy rifles, now even ones designed for war, is there any need to keep people that age from buying a howitzer? They of course still need an ID to buy cigarettes and can't legally buy beer. If howitzers became prevalent on American streets, there would be demands by gun control advocates to ban them. Would the National Rifle Association respond when howitzers are outlawed? Only, only outlaws have the howitzers? Would Americans agree that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a howitzer is a good guy with a howitzer of his own? The Second Amendment language that needs a well-regulated militia brings up another possible reason for the need for artillery in the hands of the common American. Militia groups in Michigan and other states practice tactics for civil war to save America from its own government. They need more powerful weapons to respond to threats such as the election of a president they don't like. Insurrectionists storming the Capitol weren't able to stop election certification or hang Mike Pence. Would the outcome have been any different if they had howitzers reining in artillery from over 10 miles? Could they have taken out Pelosi and taken off the dome to make it impossible to meet in the Capitol to certify the election? While sales of assault weapons now increase, another response to the Texas massacre is criticism of Daniel Defense for selling an assault-type weapon to the 18-year-old killer online and pitching advertisements towards younger and younger buyers. The firm stated firmly that our thoughts and prayers go out with the family and the community devastated by this evil act. Isn't that enough of an apology? Instead of making it possible for law-abiding citizens and militia groups to have howitzers, we send them to the Ukraine for the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion. Donald Trump offers help. He deplores so much spending to help the Ukrainians neo-Nazis defend themselves against the forces of Vladimir Putin. Instead, Trump says we should attack problems here at home. So if we cut off howitzers for Ukraine, could they be used here instead for attacking the problems that we need? That or we all could give the cops bazookas. And even with all these restrictions and laws that are hypocritically put into place, hypocritically, hypocritically, Hippocratic is the, the medical doctor, hypocritically put into place by the classist culture of Texas, laws for thee, not for we, do as we say, not as we do, for the elite 
moneyed, land-owning elite gentry aristocracy of Texas. Whatever their class and career and distinction often indulges in the conspicuous consumption of militaria. We're talking rich kids who have large amounts of land and a fetishization with the army, etc., the vet bros, all that shit. They'll buy demilled RPGs, mill them back up, apply for destructive devices, uh, permits. They'll have battle tanks. They'll take the rides, do the vacationing, firing fully automatic machine guns on private land, etc. They'll do all of that, and they'll pursue private gun ownership, flirting with things like outlaw gun ownership, uh, sawed-off shotgun, you know, like our first, you know, felony possession of illegal weaponry, etc., Maybe even get a couple of grenades that they're told are actually, you know, hot, like, you know, from a military base, etc. Keep them on their, keep them in their desk at work, you know, show, show their friends and shit like that. This happens. This is real life shit. They might have a, um, you know, a couple of uh, boxes of armored piercing uh, ammunition they got from Vegas or something like that. Bring it into Texas. Um, you know, a little surprise for, for the Fed boys, they always tell themselves, but you know, it's never going to happen because they're rich. They don't get investigated. They don't even get suspected. And even then, who the fuck cares because they're rich, right? Like, they, what, you got milled tank out. They got an anti-aircraft gun that, that works. You know, you paid for the minigun. The hell, exactly. They're going to let you do that because, you know, you're bros. The only large money, large land-owning organizations that they suspect and will act against are the drug cartels, are illegal militias, um, separatists, extremists, etc. But, you know, then they won't necessarily search and seize and take apart. They'll investigate, but then again, they're treated as hostile armies. Like, if the drug cartels are operating with a anti-aircraft weapon system or fully automatic weapons, it's a lot more complicated than just showing up and being like, hey, you can't have those weapons, give them to us, and you're going to jail because they're going to shoot you with them. They're going to engage in a firefight. They're going to use them. They're going to use the armor-piercing bullets. They're going to use the rifles, etc. So it becomes a thing like, you know, yeah, we know they have them, and fucking that's just we can't take them because it's incredibly dangerous, and some people will die. It's like, we'll, that's the point. I'm not sacrificing anyone to take a machine gun away from a fucking dangerous cartel member with nothing to lose. You know, I'm just going to let them have it and, and investigate, maybe keep an eye on them. And, you know, if they use it, I'm going to know, get them later for that. Which is the active policy of law enforcement, by the way. They know they have weapons. They know they bought them, etc. They know they traffic him. They just can't fucking do anything about it because a weapon's a weapon. And here's the irony on top of the ironies that are the Texas gun laws, the mythology of the gun, or the good man with the gun idea, is that according to the Texas Tribune, in its article from February 23rd, 2023, Governor Greg Abbott says most gun crimes involve illegally owned weapons. And that's not true, according to the data. Most of the state's 19 mass shootings over the past six decades were carried out by men who legally possessed firearms. An investigation by ProPublica and the Texas Tribune has found. 
majority of state's 19 mass shootings over the past six decades were carried out by men who legally acquired firearms. Guns were legally obtained in 13 shootings, including two in which the shooter was not allowed to have one, but took advantage of a loophole in the law that does not require background checks for firearms that are acquired from private individuals, known as peer-to-peer cells. Firearms are obtained illegally for three instances. The rest of the cases were unclear as to how they acquired them, either by theft or by uh, someone giving them as a gift. The news organization's analysis found that lawmakers failed to pass at least two dozen bills and legal measures that would have prevented people from legally obtaining the weapons and ammunition used in seven of the state's mass shootings. Such measures include requiring universal background checks, banning the ownership of certain firearms, and raising the minimum age to purchase an assault weapon from 18 to 21 years old. State lawmakers instead have loosened restrictions over the years on publicly carrying guns while making it harder for local governments to regulate them. Although we know this is also a lie. Brett Cross, whose 10-year-old son was amongst the 19, etc., etc., I don't believe it all ever happened. I believe that was a crisis shooting incident using crisis actors and Freemasonic towns, etc., law enforcement agencies, complete bullshit. And I have not been shown any evidence to suggest otherwise. And as the beyond top-secret Texas broadcast official stance is that the Avolde shooting was a Freemasonic psyop involving hostage and crisis actors and was complete bullshit from the, ta- from the top bottom to cause public strife and distraction from the failed offensive in the Ukraine that was happening in 2022. As well as several other things, like the uh, bullring and aquarium scandal, which was discovered by 4chan also in 2022. Which I have made a video about. You can check it out in the archives. Uh, Look for uh, bullrings and aquariums, or aquariums in Texas, um, bullrings and aquariums on the Beyond Top Secret Texas broadcast and everything. You'll find it. It's got a picture of Mr. Rogers on it. Before May 24th, our shooter was not a criminal, Cross said. If the shooter hadn't been able to just go in and buy these guns literally two days after his 18th birthday, then mine and other children would still be alive. To just say that most gun crimes are committed by criminals who possess guns illegally... Is a statement you can't back up with facts, says Spielman, an emeritus professor of public affairs at the University of Texas at Austin. John Densley, a co-founded the Violence Project, a nonpartisan nonprofit research center best known for his extensive mass shooter database, said that Abbott's 10-year mandatory minimum sentence proposal would do little to deter mass shootings because the shooter does not survive in most of the cases and in others is already facing life or death penalties in prison. In the vast majority of the nationwide cases in which it is known that how the shooters obtained their firearms, they did so legally, Dinsley said. That's in the other 49 states in the USA. Dinsley said different forms of gun violence require targeted approaches. For instance, restrictions on assault-style weapons and large-capacity magazines could be effective at reducing mass shootings, but less so at curbing everyday gun violence between domestic partners or strangers, he said. 
I think politicians actually know this, Densley said. They understand it intuitively, but they have to say what is politically convenient to satisfy the needs of their constituents and others. And so they often conflate these different forms of gun violence to be perceived by talking about one thing when they're talking about something else. Instead of classism, instead of mental health, instead of uh, subtle societal inequality and indifference, um, long state stated uh, state and local cultural zeitgeist producing uh, disharmony, misery, violence, um, a sense of nihilism and frustration to the extreme in young men, um, instead of the open bigotries, persecutions, bullying, ostracizations, uh, pressures within inherent Texas society across every single city and every single community. And uh, with the added extra availability of firearms in a society that worships the gun, that mythologizes solutions of problems with violence, specifically from firearms, and with men armed with firearms... Um, do you see the people resorting to that action, say, for example, in the Luby shooting or in the Texas Tower uh, shooting? Um, you see these factors and you have every single person left or right of the divide who's fully invested in this bullshit reality to address the symptoms. And that is the gun. They blame the gun. They focus on the gun. It's a mythology of the gun, but remember, a gun is nothing but steel, gunpowder, and uh, plastic. It is the man or the woman that holds your life in their hands. The gun means nothing. The person means everything. We live in a, a we live in a real world. Where the only thing that matters are human beings. And, and in other nations where they don't have firearms, or they have much stricter firearms, uh, they actually suffer from knife violence. Say England or in Europe or even Japan, they suffer from mass knifings, mass stabbing sprees. Uh, Schools are often targeted by maniacs with knives, say, in Japan or in China. This is a fact that they do not talk about because they know that the kids are defenseless and that by the time and the teachers have no weaponry. And by the time anyone with any ability to stop them actually responds, they can have five to ten minutes to attack these children. Um, there was a very heinous attack on a disabled and mentally or a geriatric facility in Japan by an insane person who believed that he was sent by God to kill these people, to put them out of their misery. He killed 29 people with a knife before the Japanese police could produce one guy with a gun because that guy was like 30 minutes away and he had to fucking go over there. Exactly. Like he had to go over there and fucking stop him. And they had to capture him alive. Because of the Japanese rules with violence and their inability to actually respond properly. Right? So, I mean, we're just saying this, these are realities. So, yeah, every cop in Texas has a gun. And they'll resort to gun violence. Because that's the flip side of the coin of mythologizing and worshipping the man with the gun. The hero with the gun. The cowboy. The gun slinger. With a six-shooter. 
is that the law and order equally murders you <laughs> with the same gun. But in all cases, men are murdering each other with guns. And if it's not with guns, resorting to some other way in other countries and other states. But in Texas, it is the gun. And the most ironic case of mass shooting that has ever happened, and I mean the most ironic in all senses of the word, the tragedy of irony occurred in Texas. And I will give a full video, I'll give a full dissection of this case, but I'll just introduce it briefly. The 2009 Fort Hood mass shootings. In a place where it shouldn't have happened, amongst people who you think would be the best prepared to respond and stop such an attack. Literally on a U.S. Army base in the state of Texas, a man who had legally required his guns, two pistol firearms, fatally shot 13 people and injured more than 30 others as they assembled to be deployed to a war zone in Iraq. On November 5th, 2009, a terrorist mass shooting took place at Fort Hood, now Fort Cavazos, near Killeen, Texas. Nidal Hussein, a U.S. Army major and psychiatrist, fatally shot 13 people and injured more than 30 others. It was the deadliest mass shooting on an American military base and the deadliest terror attack in the United States since the September 11th attacks until it was surpassed by the San Bernardino attack in 2015. It was considered an official act of Islamic terrorism in the United States, even though it was performed by an active duty U.S. Army major. The weapons were an FN-57 pistol and a Smith & Wesson 357 Magnum revolver. Two legally available firearms to possess in Texas. The deaths were 14, with 33 injured, including the perpetrator. Upon his conviction, he was given the death penalty. Hassan was shot, and the result was paralyzed from the waist down. According to pretrial testimony, Hassan entered the Guns Galore store in Killeen, Texas on July 31, 2009 and purchased the FN-57 automatic pistol. He would use in the attack on Fort Hood, according to Army Specialist William Gerbert, a regular customer at the store. Hassan entered the store and asked for the most technologically advanced weapon on the market and the one with the highest standard magazine capacity. Hassan was allegedly asked how he intended to use the weapon, but simply repeated that he wanted the most advanced handgun with the largest magazine capacity. The three people with Hassan, Gilbert, the store manager, and an employee all recommended the FN-57 pistol. 
As Gilbert owned one of the pistols, he spent an hour describing its operation to Hassan in detail. Hassan left the store, saying he needed to research the weapon. He returned to purchase the gun the next day, and visited the store once a week to buy extra magazines, along with over 3,000 rounds of 5.7x28mm SS-192 and SS-197 SR ammunition. In the weeks prior to the attack, Hassan visited an outdoor shooting range in Florence, where he allegedly became adept at hitting silhouette targets at distances of up to 100 yards. At approximately 1.34 p.m., local time November 5, 2009, Hassan entered the Soldiers Readiness Processing Center, where personnel received routine medical treatment immediately prior to and returned from their deployments. He was himself was preparing to deploy to Afghanistan with his unit and been told to center several times before. Armed with the FN-57 pistol, and he had been fitted with two Laser Max laser sights, one red and one green. A Smith & Wesson 357 Magnum revolver, an older model, was later found on Hassan's person, but he did not use it to shoot any of the victims at the scene. After entering the building, Hassan went to the first desk to the right of the North Doors and asked to see Major Parish. Major Parish worked in the building, etc., etc. According to eyewitnesses, Hassan then went around behind the desk and bowed his head for several seconds before he suddenly stood up, shouted, Allah Akbar, and opened fire. Witnesses said Hassan initially sprayed bullets at soldiers in a fan-like motion before taking aim at individual soldiers as they fled or were injured. Eyewitnesses Sergeant Michael Davis said the rate of fire was pretty much constant shooting. When I initially heard it, it sounded like an M16. It wasn't until base civilian police... Approached the individual and approached and encountered Hassan as he walked outside the area of the social readiness processing center. <clears throat> Hassan fired at Munley, who exchanged shots with him using her 9mm M9 pistol. She was shot three times, first in the hand. Then two bullets struck Munley, the first bullet hitting her thigh and the second hitting her knee. She was knocked to the ground with a bullet striking her femur, shattering it. Hassan later walked calmly up to Munley and kicked her pistol out of reach. As the shooting continued outside, nurses and medics entered the building. An unidentified soldier secured the south double doors with his ACU belts and rushed to help the wounded. Etc. Etc. I'll go into this all in great detail later on in its own video. But an investigator later testified that 146 spent shell casings were recovered inside the building. Another 68 casings were collected outside the building for a total of 214 fired rounds by the attacker and responding police officers. A medic who treated Hassan on site said his pockets were full of pistol magazines. When the shooting ended, he was still carrying 177 rounds of unfired ammunition in his pockets, contained in both 20 and 30 round magazine varieties. The incident, which lasted about 10 minutes, resulted in 13 people killed on scene, d d announced dead on, uh, on scene, 12 soldiers and one civilian, 11 dead and two dying later in the hospital, and 30 people wounded. 
Initially, officials thought three soldiers were involved in the shooting. Two other soldiers were detained and subsequently released upon forensic, uh, forensic tests of their hands, proving they had not fired firearms. Proving, the reason why I read this, and I will do its own video later as an incident, but proving, proving that no matter how many laws you have against the guns, and no matter how you set up your society to prevent outlaws from acquiring firearms, you will never prevent tragedies. You will never prevent mass shootings because the ones you trust the most, the ones who pass the test the best, literally members of the U.S. Army, were susceptible to that Wetico, Wendigo, bloodlust, that berserker chaotic possession whatever it is that's plaguing this great land and has been plaguing it and the world forever waiting for mankind to arrive from the various earliest days of our creation to be able to meet its bloodlust and his desires of carnage. That Lynchian primordial evil will use sticks and stones if it needs to to satiate the bloodlust of this blood god. And no matter what and restrictions and laws and and tests and wait times and uh, you know restrictions on magazine capacities, etc., etc., that you that you impl- uh, impose those that can legally possess these firearms will be the only ones proportionately to commit these crimes. And that will just be a part of the everyday macabre mystery that surrounds the existence of our world. When only the elite can possess these weapons, only the elite will be guilty of these crimes. But Texas will never stop worshipping the gun. That is its false idol of choice. It is higher than money. It is higher 
than pussy. It is higher than sports. The gun is the god of Texas. Regardless of how hypocritical and how restrictive and cucked it truly is to whatever federal social control that its masters are imposing on it, it will always mythologize the gun and the man with the gun, despite the overwhelming facts that this double-edged sword that they proudly hold is the very same that slits their own throats, that cuts their own throats to the bone. Thank you all very much for listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texas broadcast by Tex. Thank you all very much for moving into this new year, 2024, together. Thank you all very much for supporting via Cash App or just by listening to as many episodes in the archive as you possibly can, sharing, sharing, sharing this across social media as I am banned on Facebook, I am banned on uh, most surface web things, TikTok, 4chan, definitely all that good shit. Would love links posted there by you guys when you get a chance. Share this, direct message, Discord, all of that. Help me get this word out to as many people as possible. That's the best you can do for me for the free you know, options of support. But if a dollar, two dollar, three dollar, five dollar, ten dollars is in your pocket, definitely consider donating and sending to the Beyond Top Secret Texas broadcast to support independent media, independent uh, journalism, um, you know, definitely better than supporting, say, NPR or any of the pussy-cucked um, college radio stations, etc. We're bringing you the truth that you could use, that you're going to need to know in the future, that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else in the future. But that future is now. So thank you all very much. God bless you. Peace out.